Welcome to The Realtor Lady. I'm Michelle Riplogle. Today, I have Kayla Howard of Center State Home. I'm super excited. We're going to talk about the whole staging experience, hopefully uh, all, all the good stuff and a little bit of challenging stuff. And um, I might be throwing this at you, Kayla. I think I might have texted it to you. But also, maybe we can throw out some tips of just what people can do to prepare to sell their house. Let's just get out some stuff that when you get there, it's like, oh, it'd be this automatically a couple things that people can do right away. So we'll, we'll hit on that at the end. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Awesome. We are recording. Okay. Do you want to tell me a little bit about your business? And Yeah. yeah. I opened up uh, my business about two years ago um, after seeing a need in our community. Um, I, it just kind of evolved organically for me and um, it's, it's going really well. I've served a lot of people in our community and I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. Now you say you saw a need. It seemed, I mean, just from a realtor standpoint, it seems like there's a lot of stagers to me. What need did you see? Was it price um, or? Not so much price point. I saw a need with occupied staging. Um, not very many stagers in this area do that. I know of one other. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the fun part. That's that's what I excel at. Yeah, yeah, it can be a lot of fun, and um, I, I just it, it's really nice to fill in where people feel like they are stuck, and just you know help them figure it out and um, see it through to fruition, and see them go live on the market and be happy. The other thing I was thinking of the other day, and I actually didn't put this in the outline. Um, what challenges do you have when people kind of live in their house while you have it staged? You have, I know some people I've had their, I've kind of gone through and gotten them ready. And some people, they right. do it to the T. I mean, like the towel is folded perfectly. And then some people, they bring out all their old stuff, which is fine. I mean, they need to live in their house, but right. it's always this balance between... Yeah. So, I mean, first we start off with an occupied consultation. So I walk through the home with the owners and the agent and we just go room by room and I talk about what needs to happen in every room. Um, I can leave post-it notes behind on furniture that should, should go. Um, and then I, I go back home, I create a report, send that to the client and the agent and just give them instructions to follow bullet point. Um, and they get as much ready as they possibly can. And then I come back with my decor artwork and kind of just pull it all together and make it photo ready. Um, so sometimes I have clients who just feel they're really set in their way, um, how they have their home. And I, I just remind them that this is an interior design. Um, this is just appealing to the broadest market of buyers that you possibly can. And I try and neutralize any flaws that they may have in their home. Um, so usually 90% of the time by our home sellers um, do really well with that. So sometimes they don't, but that's, that's where the agents come in. Part of the design. I like that. Yeah. Um, 
it's going to come on to my next point. Wait, what do I have for you? Hmm. Um, what are some misconceptions of staging? I mean, we, we, you and I have talked really about pricing and old school staging, which was very high end. And um, I mean, it's kind of like buying the most expensive Mercedes and then everybody goes, well, I don't want a Mercedes because they're expensive without knowing the other classes that they have, I guess. I don't know. That's a good example. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I mean, we're there. There are different levels of stagers. Some excel in some areas and some don't. So it's just really, you know, vetting your stager. Um, that's huge because you may not like their portfolio work. It might not be your style um, or great for your local market. Um, so that's important. Um, misconceptions I would be price as we've discussed, um, it doesn't have to be super expensive, but it, you know, it, it does cost a bit, but your return on investment is phenomenal. Um, houses, they sell for more, they sell quick, quicker. Um, and the potential buyer is just able to make an emotional connection when they walk through a really beautifully styled property. I think people don't really realize how much is involved. So I think there's storage costs for you. There's movers, sometimes moving vans. I mean, what Absolutely. behind the scene costs when they, when they see staging, they just don't understand how much really goes into it. Right. I'm not just grabbing things blindly and then throwing it up on their walls. I mean, it takes it. I have to do a design plan for each property that I do. There's at least I'd say, depending on the size, 20 to 40 hours of prep work prior to me going there to install and style. Um, there's a lot of education that I've invested in. There's a lot of overhead insurance, you know, business license, all your professional costs. So, you know, when you're not working with a hobby stager and a true professional, the, the price is going to be a bit more. Um, hobby stager, please elaborate. I have not heard this term before. Yeah. <laughs> well, somebody who's just really good with, um, I'd say style, they, maybe they style their own house beautifully. Um, and they don't necessarily, um, educate themselves on what home staging is and how you style differently from, you know, your own personal home to appealing to a broader market. There's a lot of psychology behind it, even with colors, um, so there, there's a lot involved, but I guess when we make it look really easy, that means that we do a good job, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, there's some houses I can just walk in and go, oh, I could do this in a minute, but I don't do it anymore. And I'm, I'm happy to not do it. I'm also happy like you is just to have alternatives and go, well, you could get a little, you could get a lot or, you know, when you can talk to, I mean, but I mean, I had a few years where I really literally had to do it. I didn't have any choices. The stagers yeah. are really expensive, really busy. Mm -hmm. um, I also went through a period where I had people go, I've been in a lot of open houses and I don't like all that staging crap. I don't want it in my house. And I'm like, oh, okay, because we were going in houses and they all had the same design. They yeah. all had, this is my beach house. And you know, the, seashell. the, the seashells and the starfish. <laughs> and beach this way. Oh my God. <laughs> And I know some people, I'm, um, I'm in Capitola right now, taping in, a lot of these houses have a 
down here on the outside of their house. And I get it. I mean, that's their beach house and it's pretty fun. But, you know, just imagine on a regular day on a Saturday going to open houses as a consumer. Yeah. They just, at some point, they just look at you and go, could we just see a house? (laughs) Can we just not see all that stuff? Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be the cherry on the Sunday, not the entire dessert. Right. property where I think those signs are best are is like outside maybe in the patio or mm-hmm. I know some have them in the garage or you know they kind of have them in a spot to kind of liven that little dead area up but inside the house or at the front door I just want to put them in a fire and burn them <laughs> me too I don't do a lot of whole, a whole lot of word art I'm just not into it That's, oh okay okay um and then I, I noticed some trends. I look online at houses, of course, you know me pretty much all day long. And how do you stay away from tired trends? And how do you kind of pick which ones are really going to appeal to buyers? Because it's it's almost like the beach theme is that if you guys are all trending like world market trends, again, you're going to tire the consumer. How do you walk that line of picking a design that will kind of engage them in the property, but not tire them of the same furnishings or look? Um, So I like to mix vintage pieces with new pieces. I try to be very curated. um, And I actually brand myself as a lifestyle stager. So it's just a a bit more involved. Um, it, It just really feels like you're walking into a beautifully designed home, not necessarily necessarily a minimalist or a maximalist somewhere in between, where it feels like just enough to give you the idea of your lifestyle there. Um, as far as how, deciding on the design plan, it just really depends, like coastal homes. Um, I, I do a lot of coastal modern, but I mix up colors. Um, I don't always use blue. Sometimes I use green or, you know, like a burnt orange or a mustard um, or black and white. So changing out your colors is a good way to keep your, um, aesthetic feeling fresh, Mm -hmm. um, changing out your artwork. Anytime I can get my hands on actual real art, especially from local artists, I'm just all over that because I think a house presents so beautifully with an original piece of art. I mean, we all get tired of seeing the target art. We've all seen it and I have a lot of it, but I try to like, I mix high and low. Um, so I think just mixing, mixing colors. Yeah. 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 Um, what else? The other stuff. Um, I'm trying to think of staging. I noticed that too. Um, I looked at some of the past places you staged for me. I also kind of noticed that it's almost like any angle the camera works too. Like you, like you really have some forethought on how it's going to look in a picture. Mm-hmm. Earlier years when I like didn't have a access to a stager, I spent a lot of time moving furniture around just to get the picture right. Yeah. And that's something that's actually a skill that I have. And the mm-hmm. pictures always come out really, really good because I understand that where I noticed some stagers, they bring in too big a pieces sometimes and they kind of, or they, um, like today I was actually, I think on Instagram and I saw a picture where they thought this was such a great shot of this um, dining room kitchen, but they had two bright blue 
bulbs or pillows or something on the couch. And my eye couldn't get past it. Yeah. And I noticed too that I think it's not just your staging for when the consumer comes in, but that that picture photo ready is is so important. And I I noticed that I think it was a condo you did for me. It was like any angle completely worked. And not all stagers get that. I think maybe they get lost in the design. Um, But that's the other thing for sellers to understand. Right. So I studied photo composition because of that. When I first started, um, I noticed that my design wasn't translating as well on camera. Um, So it looked beautiful in person, but on camera, yeah, it felt like it was kind of flat or lacking. Um, And that really bothered me because my clients, you know, their, their money is valued and I want their home to look its absolute best. So have some, what's that? You want it to look good everywhere. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So photo composition composition is big. Once I learned the fundamentals about that, it all kind of became, excuse me, became clear to me. Um, So yeah, anything that I do stage now, I think about how the camera will capture it. And from every angle of the room, it needs to look excellent. So that was a class you took? It's a class that I took. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, so I'm just, I'm constantly trying to continue my education to elevate myself. Um, It's just like you're a hairstylist. You know, they take continuing education and they are amazing at what they do, but not all hairstylists are equal. So. Yeah. I mean, I'm always into something. Yeah. Taking another class. I think so photo composition. Well, I guess I learned that by being in the business so long, but. I think I looked at a lot of pictures of houses and just went, what were these people thinking and kind of learned that way. That's nice that you identify that because a lot of people would just say, I just don't like it. It just doesn't, they just can't put their finger on what's wrong. I've been called out a few times by people. Well, it's a lot better in the pictures. And I'm like, okay, I did my job. I got you here, but they weren't happy. (laughs) Better in the pictures. Oh, (laughs) I had a listing up in um, Felton last year and it was just a house. It was on site of a fairly large drop off. And, you know, I just made it look really good. I moved all the furniture. We got it clean. We did all this and had a good photographer. And I had a couple agents call me back and go, those are great pictures. Mm, They were not happy. Oh, no. I did my job. I got you there. <laughs> it was just a lot. Like it was a lot. Yeah. But you know, you're not going to take pictures of a huge drop off to a creek. Yeah. yeah. Photography. So what else do you have in your notes? I think I'm getting pretty, pretty. Uh, I don't have my notes up in front of me. Um, oh, oh, let's um, trends trends about, you know, interior design and how they translate over to staging. Um, you would ask me what trends I'm liking, but as I reviewed, you know, internet photos and trends, it's more about what I think we're all moving past. Um, so I thought maybe that might be a bit more helpful um, for your listeners. So um, shiplap is done. It's done. Do not use any <laughs> shiplap. No, 
outside of the house or do you mean like wainscoting on the inside? Inside, inside. Well, like a whole wall of shiplap. Wainscoting, totally fine. Classic. A whole wall of shiplap is over. It's the Magnolia home, Joanna Gaines. And I love her, but that's done. <laughs> um, also barn doors. They're done. Let me tell you a story about barn doors. So I was in a, a, a hotel room, as it were, with barn doors. Mm-hmm. And I went to the bathroom and my, the gal I was sharing the room with was doing her work. And I, you know, did my business. <laughs> I came out and she goes, so I guess because we're moms, we don't really shut the door. And I was like, I, I didn't know what to think of her comment. But because barn doors don't have any soundproofing, she thought I didn't shut the door. Oh. So I was at a house yesterday and the buyer said, you know, for this, I just put a barn door over the bathroom. And I was like, let me tell you why you don't do that. Because everybody in your living room attached to this bathroom is going to hear everything. And for partners in a master bathroom, bedroom situation, it's already noisy enough. You're already kind of cozy with the bathroom and the bedroom anyway. But, you know, so I've always been a non-barn door person. <laughs> I learned the hard way. Yeah, There's yeah. no practical reason for that. Barn doors, they just should live on barn doors and workshops. They should, yeah. They're trending out. Um, all gray, everything. Gray flooring, luxury vinyl flooring, just stay away from it. Pick something with a warmer hue, a warmer tone to it. Just a classic wood color. You can't go wrong with that. Um, I think people are growing really tired of all gray kitchens. Yeah. Yeah. I Um, I saw that coming. Didn't you? I mean, really? Also what I I think right now also the gold or the brass um, uh, faucet. Yeah. Yeah. And fixtures. If you're going to do one, don't, don't do your kitchen faucet. It just, it, 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 it won't work. It's okay to, to combine like a polished um, nickel with some gold hardware in your kitchen. Um, but just be very careful about overdoing it because that, it's going to trend out and you're, you know, you don't want to be stuck with a gold kitchen. <laughs> Not a good luck. <laughs> gold toilet. <laughs> what else? Um, I think. What's coming in? What so dark and moody is coming in? Um, just had a dark yeah. year. Why would we do that? Dark, uh, darker colors. Like I think more like natural tone, deep dark hues, moody, um, dark walls. That doesn't really translate over to staging, but more in your personal preference and interior design. Um, what else? The grand millennial has been, you know, kind of a thing for a little bit. That's still going strong. Um, have you heard of grand millennial? No. What's that? Oh, I think we should have some example photos. Um, grand millennial is basically stuff that you would find in your grandmother's house growing up. Um, so what, like wallpaper, like floral wallpaper and those, I forgot what they're called, the blue and white. Um, I think they're Japanese dishes. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so I actually have some of those and I do incorporate some of those because of the, the pop of color into staging. Um, 
I really wish I would have brought a photo with me. But if you're listening, Google grand millennial and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. If you're going to do it, great, but just do it in micro doses. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at um, Drew Barrymore's flower collection. I guess it's in Walmart. Okay, yeah. And it, there's a wallpaper collection. And I was like, wallpaper, huh? Yeah, you know, wallpaper is a thing. The pill and stick wallpaper. I've installed it in my own home and a couple uh, clients' homes. Um, I, I just did a little makeover on this property in Capitola. And it's on the market now, but it, it went pending super fast. But they had this Corian countertop or vanity bathroom top that was kind of like a dusty rose and it just didn't fit the rest of the unit at all they did not have the budget to update it so I just you know thought about it and I chose a wallpaper that would pull the colors off and just use it as an accent wall in the powder room with their updated you know vanity cabinet color new poles new vanity mirror and lighting and it looked beautiful yeah that's an example of just going with it just yeah. go with it I had a um bathroom vanity it was one of those hotel styles so the vanity was outside in the bedroom and then it was a, a toilet and a shower um walled off area and the, the vanity was in there my husband was like we're not replacing it so I painted it it was yellow the mm-hmm. top was yellow but I found like a contrasting like maroon and changed the poles and just made it look like I meant to do that. And then we changed the mirror. So sometimes if you, yeah, if you just go with it, not fight the design, because that's one of the questions I get is, should I redo the kitchen tile for the new buyer, but I don't want to spend a lot of money and energy and then find out they are going to pull it out. So I usually always try to suggest, and I mean, it's not, if it's not broken or horribly, you can always get the grout clean, but if it's not horrible, go with it and, you know, kind of go with it and act like you meant to have it all along. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Those, exactly. those are easier tips. You just, I, it's not because they can't afford it. It's just, it seems like a lot of wasted effort to put something in that you think might get taken out. Right. Yeah. Not a good return on investment, especially yeah. when you can make it look great in other ways, like painting the cabinets you know, putting new pools on there, maybe switching out your light fixture. Right. And there's also, uh, flooring, maybe, yeah. <laughs> um, I've had clients, um, reglaze their kitchen sinks and regrout. So they look brand new, fresh white. Um, same with outdated bathtubs and enclosures after they're glazed, they become a crisp white and they're beautiful. And it's a really, it's, I don't want to say inexpensive. It runs up a hundred dollars, but it's a great alternative to actually pulling out and replacing. So there's lots of tips and tricks. Sometimes you can't reglaze. I did try that and I had two guys come in and they said, no, we can't reglaze the sink. And I was, we can't. Oh, that's a bummer. Something about the type of sink. They said it would just peel off and upset the buyer. So I was like, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Some stuff, it's just like, okay, we're just going to have to leave it as is so they can just see what the real story is and just try to yeah, make everything else look so sweet that they can kind of overcome that. Right? <laughs> Especially, I mean, I think this was a house where the tile, the kitchen cabinets and the sink, they were all pretty much done. And it was like, 
why try to reglaze the sink when they really just had to take, I mean, really everything just had to go. It was okay. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. What were some of the other questions I sent you? Oh, I'm losing my voice. I'm losing my voice now. Oh, um, funny or goofy things that have happened to you along the way? Yeah, so at the beginning of uh, this, I didn't have much money to start my business with. So I used inflatable air mattresses. <laughs> as opposed to, to actual uh, mattresses. And gosh, I was maybe six months in and I had four or five homes out. And can you guess what happened all at once? They all went. Uh-huh. Or they just slowly lost air? I don't know. They were so sad. They were deflated. It was just, it was so embarrassing. It's not like it happened with just one agent. It happened with a handful. So luckily all my clients were very understanding, but I just had to go out and purchase all new mattresses after that. And I tossed all the uh, air beds. So that, I mean, <laughs> of course, I just like when it rains, it pours, right? It was like hailing that weekend. It was horrible. <laughs> That's a really good example of why you would want to get a professional stager versus a hobby stager. I actually really, I don't get offended, but I really, I don't know how to explain it. It's just going into a house and showing a house and everything has a don't sit here, don't touch this, don't, you know, you, you set up this don't do anything environment because first you have this bed and then you might have, um, I was just in a house lately that was like, just don't don't set this here. Don't touch this here. And it just kind of puts a little sour taste in your mouth. If you just, everything's like a don't and you're already wearing booties, right? Just don't do anything. That feels very counterintuitive to what a stager is supposed to create for a potential buyer. So don't use that stager if they have those don'ts all over the house. (laughs) And um, I'm not asking you to name names, but do you kind of have a a mental list of some people that you just, I can't work with them. They're just, they're too demanding or they're, or is everybody pretty easy in our community? Um, I mean, 95%. Yeah. You guys are fantastic. Um, But it's, you know, it's just a thing generally with life. I mean, you know, you attract a lot more with honey versus something rotten. So I think it's just nice to just be a nice human and treat others how you want to be treated. Um, but yeah, I, I, there's, there's a few agents that I've worked with that I won't work with again. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> and, I'm, and I, you know, I'm in the, the, uh, the seat where I, I don't really always get a choice. So they, they're very, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm going in my 17th year. I, I have to say it's getting easier. It might just be my skill set, but it seems like the really difficult ones don't, unless they're, they're been in the business forever. I mean, they just don't seem to last long, which is kind of cool. It kind of weeds them out pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> it's so sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any, any takeaways? So uh, what do we have for our, uh, what could you just do to help sell your house today? What are some... Some declutter, go through your house, declutter, you know, put stuff in a storage unit if you have to, if you don't want to get rid of it. Just to minimize as a, or minimize as much as possible. 
Um, paint is huge. Even if you have to take a ladder and a paintbrush and do it yourself, paint the interior of your home. It does wonders and adds on so much value. A, a home or a potential buyer wants to walk in and see clean, fresh walls. They don't want to see handprints and dog marks. So paint, um, make sure all your door matching. That's a really, a really good one. I see a lot of homes with a mismatched um, door handles. Even if you have to take them off, spray paint, do a top coat of like a polyurethane and place them back on. Just make sure all the colors are consistent. Um, if you have the budget, um, update your light fixtures, especially your dining room. Anything that's really prominent as you walk in the front door, spend a couple hundred dollars finding something that's a little bit more, you know, modern um, and streamlined for your property. And th those things make a huge difference. Um, also, exterior, if you can, mulch just to create some kind of um, division um, and layout for your front yard or backyard. That's pretty inexpensive and very helpful. And I'm always telling people, take your pictures down. Take all your pictures. Oh, well, of course. Yeah, that's a given. Take, take your family photos down and make sure your art is hung at an appropriate level. <laughs> I don't want to see any more uh, artwork hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> or too low. I was in a house the other day and it was too low. It was driving me crazy. Yeah, when you hang art, so if you're standing up, you're hanging art, the center of the art should fall between 60 to 65 inches from the ground. That's just a good rule of thumb. Okay. Yeah, or if you're hanging art behind your sofa, hang it 8 to 10 inches above the top of your sofa. 8 to 10 inches above your sofa. So meaning the bottom of the art is eight to 10 inches above the top of the sofa. Yeah. Yeah. Get rid of all the tchotchkes and. No family photos, paint, paint your walls. Yeah. House. So um, I use a painter now much more than I used to. People would be like, oh, I'll paint it myself. And. I have really learned that if we have a vacant house, we can get it painted. It's really cool to get it sprayed and it gives us a seamless look versus where I have people paint and they paint from room to room. And it, when you get the whole house sprayed, there's this continuity, which I just kind of really put together just in the last year of how good that looks. Even if it's really close to the same color, really throughout the rooms, it's just this, it, it just flows so much better. I've just kind of been turned on to that lately. Yeah, I love spray as well. But the dark color one, that trend, I don't know. I think I'll stay away from that. Yeah, I suggest bringing in a color specialist or a designer to help out because that could go wrong pretty, pretty quickly. <laughs> and you were doing one for me lately and you came up with the house numbers and you're even working on the polls. Are you like on Amazon all the day? How, how do you figure all that stuff out? How do you keep track of that? How do I, well, I just know my favorites that I refer clients to. I don't refer the same products for each client or each home. I don't want everything to look the same, but I know what go-to products fit well. Okay. For their homes, yeah. Just, you know, it, just by doing research and even Pinterest, finding inspiration there on house. Um, but you bring up a good point about updated house numbers, um, and a porch light 
those those things go a distance to help modernize your property. So those are they're great investments that aren't very expensive. I was just at a house yesterday and they had this big house and everything was great. And the one thing that really stood out to me is they had little tiny house numbers. I mean, they were really tiny and I just, they described their house to me. So I went, Oh, that's the house before I saw the house numbers. And yeah, I, I went a note to myself was, well, one of the things I tell them to do is get new house numbers or get real ones. Mm -hmm. It does help for people to find it as well. Yeah. Especially if you have to wear any sort of corrective lenses. Oh, really? (laughs) I mean, unless they're part of an HOA that requires the teeny tiny house numbers that they should definitely update. That's a really good idea. That's not very expensive. No, you can find new letters on Amazon for eight to $10 a piece. Right, right. Yeah, they're pretty, you know, a lot better than, you know, what's up on some of the homes now. Have you seen anybody really specializing in uh, staging outdoors or having people come in and get a yard ready for for sale? Um, uh, with just furnishings and the style or... Cleaning the- up and furnishing and maybe designing. Um. Furnishing and designing, yes. Cleaning up, no. I know there's actually somebody in San Jose... Um, who rents only um, outdoor furniture and um, does these beautiful outdoor arrangements that she rents. Um, A stager over there uses this woman's services. I contacted the stager and she won't give me her information. (laughs) (laughs) So, so that tells me that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, typically stagers will do that for you. I do. I've been called to do yards only. Um, but that's not something yeah, I specialize in. I think it's hard for me. I, I have somebody who's going to, he got it. We were, we're good, you know, um, but that's kind of one of the big things I've been asked for lately is okay. a lot of outdoor stuff, not yeah. even the furniture as much, but here's our yard. We don't have any time for it. And I do spend time telling buyers that you're going to find an area in a home that probably a seller has an address. Don't forget we live in the most active area in California where you can do almost every sport mm-hmm. and everything people just don't spend tons of time on their home so they may freshen up the house for you but the backyard may not look it or you know a lot of times there's just one area where they're just like okay I'm not doing that I got all this but you know well that's what I mean you pull weeds put mulch in power wash your concrete throw a little outdoor set out there with a big potted plant and you know, call it a day and even doing something like that will just really freshen up a space. And I can understand them not wanting to put money into that, but really when you go on the market, you want to present your best foot. It's not always money. It's just energy and finding, like I said, help. And when you said she's not going to give out the number of that person who's really specializing in that, that's, that tells me that that's something that's we might see in the in the future that other people start to specialize in. There's a few realtors in town that actually are really, really good at it. We have people to do it. And um, yeah, I won't be putting their names out here, but um, they're really good at it. And every once in a while, I can get them to come by and and tell me what they think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But they're, they're out there because that's, I think that's kind of the, my house looks super cute, but my backyard, it looks all right. Mm Because I don't really, I don't have a lot of vision for that. And so, 
that's, I think that's kind of where I stop. And then when people call me, I'm like, I'm just scrambling to figure out the person to call to, to tell me where to <clears throat> put this bush or, you know, where to put this landscaping. I know that there's a service, actually a girlfriend of mine just hired this person to walk her backyard and do a mock-up for her. Um, and I, I think it was a few hundred dollars. It wasn't very much. So she could go then DIY it because she would want to DIY it or she could give it to a landscaper and have them, you know. Yeah, that's the thing, getting the plan. I think that's that's the overall, um, you know, I've got got all these skills and I'm doing all this other stuff, but my brain just kind of stops right there, you know. So. Right, yeah. So finding good people to kind of, you know, bring in is essential. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, Santa Cruz isn't easy about getting people to help you with some projects. It just everybody's really busy and. Yeah. The good ones are booked out and yeah. Yeah. Anything you want to add in? Um, yeah, just, you know, if somebody's thinking about staging, put your, any preconceptions that you may have aside, just, you know, look around for a stager, interview a few. Um, well, your realtor can help. Your realtor, <laughs> your amazing realtor can help you, um, give you a list of some. And, um, you know, if you're on a budget, be upfront about it. I can always find a way to make, you know, something work. Um, and I'm sure there are a lot of stagers out there who can do the same. I've, I've never seen a property that would not benefit from staging. Every single property I've been to, the most beautiful needed a few, you know, tweaks to pull everything together or, you know, to depersonalize or make it a little bit less interior design and a little bit more neutral, um, but still really tasteful and beautiful. So. Well, you can also be kind of the, um, not the bad guy, but almost kind of the in-between the realtor and the client too, because we're telling them to do a lot of stuff to prepare to sell. Yeah. Agents do like using me for that. To be the bad guy. Um, because it's hard if somebody paints something that's really, you know, beautiful to them that may not translate well to other people. So, I mean, as an agent, you say, wow, you did an amazing job. That's beautiful. Please take it down. You know, it's, that's hard to do. So we do that all the time. <laughs> well, I think, um, yeah, I mean, I was at, a, again, I was at a house yesterday in San Lorenzo Valley and she, she really loved her house. And I, I appreciated that, but there was just, besides the clutter, she had the, um, she had some kind of, 80s curtains up and, mm -hmm. and I was like oh I don't think I want to be the one to tell her that it's got to come down yeah well as agents I think it's great just to use terms like neutralize neutralize okay appeal to you know a broad spectrum of buyers um and you're, you have wonderful taste homeowner but um somebody may not see what you see so well, that's an important point because we don't have the buyer we think we're going to have really because people assume if they have a big family home, then a family is going to move into it. That's not necessarily true anymore. Mm -hmm. Could just be simply two dogs or it could just be two people and they want a big house or, you know, or they think they're going to have kids, but they're not sure. And they want to just have a bigger house or work from home. Mm -hmm. 
the other reason why it's so important to not have it so stylized to a certain lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, somebody could be offended by a staged nursery. You know, you don't know what people are going through. So I think the only time I've been offended is that they were just so ridiculous. Like in one of the rooms, <clears throat> it was, <clears throat> it was a crib with a rug underneath it. And then some uh, pictures like over it, like, so, I mean, literally one eighth of the room was staged like a nursery and it was just like a nice color, a nice carpet would have done just fine for me. It People could see a crib there or they could see a desk there. I mean, you know, it was just, it was too much. It's really silly. Um, yeah. I minimal staging. Sometimes I think you have to be kind of careful with, I think I minimally staging what I did like I've appreciated is where a desk is put in a spot to give you a view out the window that you might not have realized was there. Yeah. There that's kind of the direction staging, like where it kind of directs you. And then of course there's always a difficult, why would you stage this house is because we cannot figure out where to put the couch. We cannot figure out where to put the bed. And it's so important. It's like, I was at a house one time and I was like, uh, you actually have to stage this. And they're just like, well, everything looks great. And I'm like, no, no, you have to. Because if you take the furniture out of here, there is no way anybody's going to figure out where to put this furniture. Yeah. Some houses are built like Winchester mystery houses. <laughs> and I mean, I could I could see them sitting, you know, for a very long time. I have one like that in Scotts Valley. It literally gave me vertigo when I went in there. I'm not joking. Um, it was so odd with these red um, hardwood floors. And it was just, it was awful. And it sat on the market for a few months and the owners and the agent did a price reduction. Then they brought me in, I staged it. And within a week it was under contract because buyers visually need to see how to live. Um, Because most people are visual. Yeah. I call them houses that Sarah built. Houses that Sarah built. Sarah Winchester. Yes. <laughs> yeah. house and people will be like, be like, oh, this is strange. I was like, oh, yep. Another house by Sarah. Yeah. It doesn't give you vertigo. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been to the Winchester mystery house? I, you know, I think so. When I was younger. Yeah. I think I went when my kids were little. So, I mean, I don't know. It was probably like 20 years ago. Yeah. It, Crazy, but it's just big piling up of people in hallways. So I don't know if I really got the gist of the house. You just kind of all come to a stop and that's a good, yeah. but it, it's a good analogy. Yeah. Or the, um, the mystery spot in Santa Cruz Yeah, that's yeah, cool. even foundation. That's a fun one too. I've not been there in so long. Been there really. Yeah. But, uh, well, Kayla, that was awesome. That was really, really good. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you uh, coming. And it's the best place to find you on Instagram? Instagram or Facebook under Center Stage Home. Center Stage Home. Right. I'm there and um, more people can call me or email me. I have a website, but I'm embarrassed. I have had no time to update or even find somebody to update it for me, but that'll be updated soon. There you go. There my portfolio work can be found. Yeah, I'm on my business Instagram pages. Well, I really appreciate you being here. And that was Thank fun. you. Thank you for having me. Hey, thank you for listening. If you want to talk more, find me on livethesantacruzlife.com.
on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, or give me a call. My number's in the show notes. Love to hear from you.